Welcome to the Weekly Insight Podcast, where we break down the noise of the week and help you understand the psychology of the markets with your host, Andrew Dore at Insight Wealth Group. Good morning. Thank you for joining us on the latest edition of the Weekly Insight Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Andrew Dore. I appreciate you joining us today. Uh, Before we jump in, I do want to remind everyone of what I say every week, which is that what we're about to go through today should not be construed as individual investment advice. This may not apply to you. It's more our views on the overall market and where we think the economy is heading. But if you have questions about how it might relate to you and your personal situation, I would encourage you to give us a shout at Insight Wealth Group, and we'd be happy to discuss it with you. Let's take a dive in. Summer is here. My kids just finished school last Friday. They are remarkably relaxed right now. They are ready to get into a summer of baseball fields and swimming pools. Pretty excited about that, and it just seems like the world feels different at this time of year. To be blunt, we see it at our office too. Those of you who are clients, not to be critical, but you're a little bit harder to get a hold of to book an appointment around this time of year. And I think people just tend to focus a little less on their finances over the summer and a little more on things that are important to them. Spending time with family, getting in that summer vacation, all of those sorts of things that are frankly a lot of fun and it's important that people do them. But the end result is that we see that markets tend to take a breather over the summer. Historically, the majority of returns tend to happen at the start of the year and at the end of the year. And during the summer, things tend to be less eventful. So let me just give you an example of this. There's a chart on this in our Weekly Insight memo that you can take a look at. But what you see is as you look through the months of the year, January typically sees an average return of 0.82%, February 0.29%, March 0.96%, April 1.51%, May 0.97%, June 0.02, July 0.79, August negative 0.15, and September's the worst at negative 0.7. But you can see there's this this cyclical move, and then as we get to the end of the year, that's when some of the best returns historically happen in the market. You can see there's this cyclical movement, and during summer, it just calms down. Why? People are on vacation. Wall Street's on vacation. Traders are less active. You name it. There's just a lot less going on. But this year, you know, uneventful might actually be a blessing because what we've marched through in the last six months hasn't been a lot of fun. So if things do calm down, that'd be great. But is that what we should be expecting? Or because we had such a slow start to the year or a negative start to the year, maybe this is when we start to see some activity pick up in the summer. And what does that activity look like? Is it positive? Is it negative? We're going to dive in and we're going to take a little bit of a look at that this week. We do know Everybody knows this has been a historically bad start to the year. Anybody who's listening to us who has listened before knows it's not going to surprise you when I say that. But what if I told you it was actually one of the worst starts to the year in history? Because it was. In fact, through April, it was the third worst start to a market trading year in the S&P 500's history. Through the end of April, the market was down 13.31%. May, as you will recall, was not a lot of fun. The market was all over the place, up and down and up and down. But at the end of May, the the market was actually down 13.3%. So it was about the same, essentially unchanged between April and May. My worry is I think we tend to focus a little bit too much on the calendar. I, frankly, I don't care when a downturn happens. I care if it happens at the beginning of the year, or the end of the year, or the middle of the year. It doesn't matter. I care how significant the downturn is. And the truth is the market does turn south every year at some point. 
There's never been a year, well, maybe there has, I don't know. I haven't looked at this, but I would be surprised if there was a year where from January 1, the market went up every day for 365 days. But some downturns are worse than others. And so we see scary headlines like worst start to a market year, you know, third worst start in history. And that seems really scary and that seems really bad. But what you'll also see if you go to our memo is a chart on max intra-year drawdowns. And what you'll find is that the drawdown that we've seen so far in the market this year is almost perfectly average. The average drawdown is about 14%. So it's not that weird. But for the sake of the frantic media, let's play the calendar game. Remember, we talked about it being the third worst start to the year. What happened in those other really bad starts to the year? The, the worst was 1932. At the end of April, the market was down 28.2%. The rest of the year, the market was up 187 1939, it was down 17%. The rest of the year is up 14. 1941, it was down 12. That year, it was actually down for the rest of the year. Does anybody remember what happened late in 1941? December 7th, 1941 was when we got ourselves into World War II. So not a huge surprise. But what we find is we go through the top 10 worst starts to the year. We find that the median return for the rest of the year was actually almost 13%. So historically, really pretty good numbers. And the only times it's been negative were in 41 when World War II started, 1973 during the oil embargo, and 1962 during the Cuban Missile Crisis, all of which were pretty severe shocks to the world. In the end, What's happened in past cycles, it's informative, it's good to understand, but it doesn't in any way guarantee outcomes. As they say, history doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes. And history is not going to determine what happens to the market this summer. Inflation, the Fed, and economic data are going to do that. So if you're reading those headlines right now, there's not a lot of good news. Biden and Powell sat down this week for an inflation summit at the White House. It was President Biden's opportunity to really show that he was taking the bull by the horns on inflation. And what he got out of it were a bunch of really nasty articles. If you looked at the headlines that were coming out, they were talking about inflation spiraling, worst inflation in years, Yellen admitting that she was wrong on inflation, Lots and lots of bad headlines on inflation. And I find that hilarious because yes, inflation is high. We all know that. We all know it's putting the squeeze on pocketbooks. But if you've been listening to us, you know that we think inflation peaked already. Inflation probably peaked in March. And if it didn't peak in March, it plateaued, okay? We know that inflation came down slightly in April. And I think we're gonna see some very interesting information next week when we see the CPI data, or later this week, excuse me, when we see the CPI data. We're gonna be talking about that a lot in next week's episode as we're heading into the Fed meeting. But the three big issues on inflation that have caused the vast majority of the inflation, cars, shelter, and durable goods, have all already begun to come back down the inflation ladder. And so if inflation is already peaking or has peaked, then the real question of what's going to happen this summer all comes down to the strength of the economy and how is the economy going to perform. And you've started to see the articles. A recession is coming. Jamie Dimon talked about an economic hurricane. Elon Musk announced on Friday that he thinks the recession is coming. They may all be right. And as I said in a podcast here about a month and a half ago, we talked about the fact that a recession is always coming. We see a recession on average once every six to seven years. So not a huge surprise that a recession is coming. The question is not whether a recession is coming. The question is when is a recession coming? And the answer today that I need you to hear very clearly 
is it's not coming this summer. What we are seeing, the economic data that we are seeing today shows us a strong and strengthening economy. Just this last week, we saw the consumer confidence data come in. It came in at 106.4. To understand how consumer confidence is measured, anything above 100 is good and improving, anything below 100 is bad. It came in at 106.4. The expectation was 103.9. Consumer spending is 70% of our economy. We also saw the manufacturing PMI data come out last week. Manufacturing PMI, a little different than uh, consumer confidence. It's based off of a 50-point scale. Anything above 50 means manufacturing is expanding. Anything below 50 means it's contracting. The higher it is above 50 or the lower it is below 50 means it's either expanding or contracting more rapidly or less rapidly. Well, this week, we saw it come in at 56.1. That is a historically high number and well above the 54.5 that was expected. So manufacturing is expanding and expanding more rapidly than expected. Then there was the non-manufacturing PMI data, the service sector data. That came in at 55.9. All of these are very good signs of economic growth. And so if we can maintain that, and if we can see weakening inflation, watch out, because this economy and this market is poised to do well over the coming months. So that gets me to my my most well-worn theme. I know everybody is probably sick of hearing me talk about this, but it's so important, and that's fear and greed. I know I keep pounding this issue, but sometimes the data is just too good or frankly too funny not to share. So I want to talk about my favorite chart in the world, and I want to talk about it because once again, it is relevant. So CNBC, regular watchers of CNBC, and I hope that doesn't include you, it's, it's a little dry sometimes. But regular watchers of CNBC will know that when things get particularly nasty in the market, they like to interrupt regularly scheduled programming at the end of the day after the markets close with a special that they call, quote unquote, markets in turmoil. I'm going to tell you, if you ever see markets in turmoil pop up on your screen, I want you to jump up out of your chair and cheer. Why? I love it when it pops up on the screen. Because, and again, I'm going to point you to a chart that's in the memo that's linked in the show notes, but every time they have done one of these markets and turmoil sessions going all the way back to 2010, and I, I include the whole chart here, it's got to be 60 maybe instances of them doing this. Every single time they've done it in 2010, 11, 12, 15, 16, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, every time they've done it, one year later, the market has been up. And not only has it been up one year later, it's been up substantively. What do I mean by that? The average one-year return in the S&P 500, one year after a market in turmoil special, is positive 40%. 40%! Well, guess what? They did it again in May. They did it on May 5th. Since May 5th, the market is basically flat so the same opportunity exists that existed on May 5th. But look out, because I know this isn't a strong technical analysis. I know this isn't something that is, is, is going to pass the sniff test of an academic paper. But what is it? It is a great indicator of when the fear cycle begins to hit its peak. And it's happening. It's happening right now. They did it last month, and history tells us it may be a good time to be a heck of a lot more optimistic than the media is suggesting. So with that, I'll leave you with the, with the big points. We think inflation is peaking. 
We think fear is peaking. This continues to be a good time as we see economic strength to look at equities, to look at this market. We could be wrong on that. There's certainly no question about that. And I'll get on here and I'll tell you when I was wrong. But right now, all signs are pointing up. So with that, I'll leave you for the week. I want to thank you again for taking the time to listen to the Weekly Insight Podcast. I would ask you simply if you find this useful or helpful, tell your friends about it. Leave us a review if you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever it is. Take a moment and and give us a thumbs up. We appreciate it very much. And we will talk to you next week. If you need our help in the meantime, give us a call at 515-273-1333. Thanks so much. I hope you have a great week. Take care. Securities offered through Arate Wealth Management, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC, NFA. Investment advisory services offered through Arate Wealth Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment firm.